0: What's up, everybody?
1: Welcome back to Mile Higher Podcast, episode 233. And guys, this is the last episode of 2022. How crazy is that? it's crazy. Yes, we hope you all had a wonderful holiday. And this episode is our holiday gift to you. We actually are. Our company takes two weeks off over the holidays to give all of our editors a break.
0: As well as us. I mean, yeah. we need a break yeah. too, Yeah, right? we do
1: need a break. <laughs> um, but we wanted to record a fun little Q&A for you guys, you know, as a little tidbit while we're gone. So you can, you know, savor this little... <laughs> slice of an episode they don't cool. we, we don't want back. them
2: to miss us too much that's
1: right that's right
0: yeah just play this on repeat till we get back oh
1: my god yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we asked you guys for some questions both personal and related to our content we have a good mix of it all so we're going to be going over that today
0: cool what do we got I'm ready to answer some questions
1: well before that josh don't get ahead of yourself here I do want to remind you guys that I think this episode is going up on the 28th, and so you still have a few days to make donations to our um, National Center for Missing and Exploited Children campaign page, and we are matching all donations dollar for dollar until the end of the year. So yes, uh, we wanted to thank everyone who has already donated. Which
0: hopefully by the time this goes up, we're already hit our goal of $100,000. We're yeah. at, what, eighty. As of recording this so we should
1: be close mid-december
0: so we still have quite a time uh quite a ways quite a to, time quite a time mm-hmm. to get to the end <laughs> reach our goal. so help yeah. us
1: yes you guys uh necmec is such a great organization to support to this holiday season i know a lot of us are in the giving mood and now is the time to give back and if you are a fan of true crime content necmec is one of the best organizations out there in that realm. I mean, we're constantly bringing them up in our content. Um, they do a huge variety of work. I mean, much more than people even realize. And yeah, I think it's a well, great Well, they help bring missing support. kids home. I mean,
0: it's huge. They do. They do. It's so important.
1: Much more than that, too. Um, they work towards education and, you know, helping people who have had children who have been exploited and they they do age progressions and help in searches on the ground and financially. They just do so much. So, we love our friends over at NECMEC and we are really excited about what we've been able to do for them so far. So, if you want to make a donation to that, you have to use our direct campaign link. That's how we are tracking donations. So, that will be in the description box and show notes. All right. You ready to get into some cues here?
0: Yeah, let's get into it. This episode is also brought to you by HelloFresh. That's right. Thank More you, fresh. So what do we got?
2: Okay, first one. Thoughts on the new Casey Anthony documentary. It's a very hot topic.
1: I've got thoughts. Do you want (laughs) to start?
0: I don't know why we're even having this conversation about her. I know. She should be in prison.
1: Yeah, it's an absolute shame that someone gave her a platform in 2022. Like, my God, really?
0: We really need to hear from her again.
1: I know. And imagine how I'm sure she was paid for this. Oh, yeah. She had to be. Oh, yeah. Probably a That's lot. That's the only reason
0: she'd, she'd come out and say, say anything else.
1: So, if you didn't know, Casey Anthony did a interview style documentary thing with Peacock. I haven't seen it, and I'm not planning to watch it. Um, I've seen some, like, trailers for it, and I've read articles kind of recapping some of it, but it's kind of the same old, same old bullshit with Casey Anthony. Um, she's obviously denying that she killed her daughter and we all know that that's a bunch of bullshit. So it's just kind of, you know, if you're tuning into that, you're just sitting there watching someone lie for
0: a few hours. Well, from what I've seen, it seems like this is just like a cash grab for the network because the interviewer doesn't follow up on any inconsistencies, doesn't like grill her in any way. And Mm -mm. Casey just has the, you know, pulls the amnesia card of like, oh, I don't really remember what happened that morning. It's very little. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you not remember the morning that your child died? Like, it makes well, no sense.
1: And she also goes back from what I have read to the claim that she drowned in the pool. But then she started saying that from what I read. Again, I didn't actually watch it myself, but I've heard. I've read that she said that her father came to her that Kaylee had drowned in the pool she woke up from a nap and walks outside and sees George holding her and she's limp. But then he tells her, don't worry about it. Go off and go live your normal life. And she said that she was under the impression that Kaylee was still alive during this whole time that, you know, she was going on around getting tattoos, partying, drinking, doing whatever. There's all these photos of her. And yeah, she's really trying to go with that story that she thought her daughter was alive at home and that George was taking care of it. And I mean the the whole situation is just so beyond fucked and for them to be profiting about it yeah in 2022 is really disappointing of Pe- peacock to give her this platform um I definitely suggest not watching it.
0: This is the salacious shit that yeah. is poisoning this, you know, all of the, and and putting a bad taste in people's mouths of true crime. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not if you're somebody who doesn't consume a lot of true crime you only see some of these larger bits that come out, documentaries, right. things like that. And so a lot of people, you know, have certain opinions about it and it sucks. Cause like, obviously there's a lot of networks and production companies out there who are just in the business of making money and getting views. And obviously they know if they can get an interview with Casey Anthony and get her to, you know, talk about some of this stuff. It's going to pull in the views and that's ultimately what it's about it's not about trying to get to the truth or get to the bottom of what really happened yeah
1: because it's like such a circus at this point people just want to see the show
0: right right i don't know i i personally think it's just it's just a travesty honestly it's just for the sake of kaylee like if that was uh-huh. my daughter i'd be i'd be so upset like there's just there's no reason to keep bringing this up
1: mm-hmm Mm-hmm. I mean she already Especially got Especially if away she's with not her gonna her tell clear. the truth.
0: No. And no, I think her parents clear. are hiding things too clearly maybe
1: yeah I mean there's a lot that we still just don't know
0: still crazy that she got acquitted I can't believe that I know after so all shocking. that nobody is held responsible
1: I know can Can you believe how long it's been? We were in Orlando at the time that that happened. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah, I know. I we remember were in high watching school. it on TV yep. while we were there. I remember we were in the lines at Disney world and I was checking AP on my phone constantly for updates. It's just crazy how long it's been and for. Yeah. Cause I know she had some type of something where she couldn't speak or do any type of deals like this for a certain period of time. So that must've expired for her to be able to do this. And she took her chance and probably needs money. So right, right. she got it. It's just
0: about the money at this point. So, so they're
1: literally paying a child murderer. How sick is that? So, yeah, yeah. that's our thoughts yeah. on that.
2: <laughs> uh, all right. This question is for Kendall specifically. What was the scariest part of giving birth to Holly?
1: Oh, God. All of it.
2: <laughs> it was oh, so no. scary.
1: Uh, it's just like, I mean. what What
0: part do you think you were like during it? Probably. Oh yeah. Where you were like, Holy shit, I might die.
1: Yeah. I I did have thoughts that I might die. Which was I mean, I wasn't going to I will die. say
0: as a observer that I definitely think you were uh especially, you know, during crowning, you were <laughs> you were very, very upset and I don't I don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was fucking upset. Uh, that's putting it mildly too. Um Yeah, I would say that that was probably the scariest part for me, too, because you started making me think that something was like wrong. And so I was like just trying to encourage you to like keep pushing because can't stop here. We're already we're already halfway through this. It's not like you can just reverse the process. I
1: literally started asking the doctors to stop. I was like, I need a break. I need to stop. I can't do this. I can't do this.
0: And they're like, no, because I watched I watched your doctor's face start when you stopped and like took a break, she started getting like a little nervous. You could tell she well, was like,
1: dude, I was crowning for 10 minutes. What the fuck? No one prepared me for that. I'd always thought it would be like a couple minutes, maybe, or like 30 seconds. Yeah. Which, if you don't know, crowning's like the, you know, the widest part of the head coming out. So, uh, God, even talking about this just makes me squirm. If I even think about birth or I saw a video on TikTok of someone crowning the other day, like but- not of that but you know her face during it and it just took me right back it's just such a crazy experience oh yeah yeah well because yeah I just really I forgot all about what was happening or that I was having a baby I was just like trying I thought I felt like I was dying it was just like so much pain so intense but yeah I mean shortly after I was very very happy best moments of my life
0: yeah the but yeah, I'd say, I don't
1: know. It's I think it's also the fear of it leading up. Like the last couple weeks of pregnancy were pretty scary too because I just didn't know what to expect. And of course, you're reading things online and people are telling you things and you're just thinking like, what if this happens? Or what if I have a C-section? I was very afraid of that. And yeah, so I mean, it's all just scary. But yeah, the most painful part is definitely, definitely the big show. I don't know. It was pretty nuts Definitely I think I think for,
0: for me too it was just like you said the anticipation and and just hoping like I remember the morning um of the day that that she came that I was just thinking and started like kind of panicking internally of what if something's wrong or yeah. you know you know what if she comes out and there's there's an issue or she has to be rushed to the uh to the NICU and things like that and I just remember kind of having that yeah fear in in my stomach and Obviously, once once she came out and she was fine, it just all it all goes away and it just becomes pure bliss. But it mm-hmm. was—I mean, it's a magical experience. I know we've talked about this before, but it's—it's it's just that's what it is. All the emotions are are just part of the ride, but it's—it's it's the best ride.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about that earlier. It really is like the closest thing to magic on Earth. I oh think. yeah,
0: hundred percent. It is magic. It really is. It a doesn't make any sense how it works. At no. All. It doesn't. You watch the process and you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, how does this <laughs> actually go from you know having sex to all of a sudden nine months later you've got this? <laughs> human <laughs> being. a little
2: getting all weird out.
0: I mean that's that's just, how it happens. That, that's just how, that it, is how it happened. I mean, it's the the truth, so.
1: Mm-hmm. What was the question? What was the scariest? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say the big moment was the
2: scariest. <laughs> um going off of that will holly have ever have any siblings
1: um yeah if we can you know be so lucky we would absolutely love to have more kids another yep. two or three well what two or three total god gotcha. sorry
2: i was like dang i didn't know that
1: so i guess another one or two at least at least we'll, see. we'll see
0: if we collect kids like we do pets oh, we're in trouble god. so
1: <laughs> well you told me the other day that you've realized how much harder it is than you thought. I and did so, say that. Because <laughs> yeah, Josh would rather have kids closer together. Yeah. I would rather have them further apart.
0: Like, I'd like to just bang it all out right now, literally. Oh, like, my God. Oh my just God. get it done. <laughs> you boom, 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 boom. not say that. But I just think it's easier to have them back to back to back. So, you know, when... Easier for newborn, you. Newborn, <laughs> newborn, 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 and just but get, then, get through it.
2: That's horrible. But then you have multiple kids in different diapers and they're like
1: all... Ah, that's easy. Dude, the people who have two under two, props to you. That is hard. Having two in diapers, I really can't imagine. I was just, the other night, laying awake in bed for like an hour or two thinking about how I'm possibly going to have another one. What would that be like? What would it be like to go through the newborn stage with Holly as a toddler? That's insane. How would we do that? There would be no sleep at all, it would be pure chaos.
0: Well, life's already pure chaos, so that's true. It's not going to be. I don't. I don't think it's going to be that much worse. Everybody that we know that has two kids is good to go.
1: Yeah, but we know people who have spaced it out kind of nicely, and our families had us. You know, our siblings and me and my sister are like three and a half years apart. You're you're about the same with Joel. I like that.
0: I don't like it. <laughs> Why? I think it's better for siblings to be closer in age because then they are well. They're more.
1: I, who cares about that? They're going to have a closer
0: us. relationship, though. That's better for them in the long term. It's not about us. I don't give a shit about us. It's about them. I do. I, I give a lot of shits to about have, us. Have the best possible situation so that they can be close and take care of each other. But what if they want to have space? Hating each other because they're too too you know too far in age where they can't relate. They can't. They don't have any interest in each other. And, and what you see in families like that is a lot of times not always but a lot of times the siblings aren't as close and the siblings may not even be friendly with each other and so I like I think when you're closer you grow sister. up together and you kind of can relate to each other easier.
1: Maybe. But who's to really say? I mean you are fairly far apart from your brother yeah. too. So I guess none of us really have an opinion on that but no. um
0: That's what I'm saying is that when you look at the families where the kids are closer in age They're closer.
1: Maybe there's not like data to back that up.
0: I mean, have you ever seen This Is Us? Okay. Oh my god. Okay. That family is goals. Okay. Mm, Okay. That's that's what I'm talking about. Is that you get that close relationships there? I
1: just can't. That is a scripted TV show, Josh. Yeah. (laughs) Which
0: I know, know, but there are real families that they base the show off of, right?
1: Well, yes, there are. I grew up. I do know families that. that are have more kids and are closer together that are super, super close. But also sometimes they fight. Like, I think it just depends on the kids, on their personalities. Personally, I liked having some space between me and my sister because we had kind of our own lives going on. We never really, I think we were in elementary school. Like there was like a year of overlap where we were both there together. But, you know, when I was in middle school, she was in elementary. When I went to high school, she was in middle. And it was kind of nice to have that separation and like have our own lives and our own friends. And I liked it like that. So I'd rather do that. But who knows what the future holds.
0: Yep. We'll just have to wait and see what happens.
1: I just, again, I can't imagine the newborn stage because.
0: uh, Newborn stage is fun. I don't know.
1: Well, with one, it was like, you know, it was really hard, but we didn't have a toddler then coming into our room also waking us up. And yeah. changing multiple diapers. I just I just really can't imagine what that was like. I already like. changed
0: multiple diapers. My damn dog wears a diaper, okay? That's true. Bernie <laughs> so does have to wear a diaper. I'm pretty used to this <laughs> juggling thing with juggling all these animals and it's stuff. A pets, it's a little different. I know it's a little different, but I think it's going to be better off if we do
1: it that way. I just can't do the sleep deprivation, man. It literally keeps me up at night. I slept, God, and our, our baby only woke up once last night. But throughout the night, she kept waking up, well... Not fully waking up, but in her sleep, she'd like make these loud noises and then pick her legs up and slam them down <laughs> in her bassinet. Dude, it was shaking the floor. What? And the first couple of times that happened, it woke me up out of my sleep. And I thought someone was breaking in the house. Oh, and so my heart was racing. And then and then I started thinking maybe it's really windy and something's like slamming against the window or something.
0: Then it's I realized it was her.
1: Old? Yeah, she's that strong. She's like she picks up her yeah, legs. She and just, does. Bam. She's got some power and She shakes and the floor. So I think I got maybe five hours of sleep last night because she was waking me up every 30 minutes just with her legs.
0: (laughs) Wow. All right. What's
2: next? Um, I was listening to the old podcast where there was a lot of talk about Kendall's health challenges and frustration with doctors. Um, Did Kendall make a full recovery? What did she do or take, et cetera, to get herself well?
1: I can't remember if we've ever talked about this on here. I think we we definitely definitely
0: have mentioned it probably throughout a few episodes where we've kind of just, especially when you were actually going through your health issues. But did we ever
1: talk about the treatment I did? And
0: Uh, a little bit, but not, I mean, if you want to go into detail about it, go for it. But
1: Um, yeah, I'm doing a lot better now. You are. Thanks to Josh, honestly.
0: Dr. Josh, baby.
1: (laughs) For real, I got to give you the credit on that one. I went to so many different doctors over the years, thought I had all these different conditions, went through testing. Um, I had just basically chronic pain, fatigue, um, a few other symptoms, hair loss, you know, some other little things like that, and was pretty miserable. And my mental health, like, really took a dive because I felt like I could barely get out of bed some days. It was just you did so depressing. Get out of bed some days. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and I found out that it was well. You found out. You started researching. About mono. So, I was diagnosed with mono when I was in fourth grade and went through it pretty rough back then. And then I thought it was done with. Turns out that shit lies dormant in your body until um, yeah. like the end of time. So, that's great. And well, it can reactivate. Most people
0: have it. So, most people carry the mononucleosis Yeah, it's like
1: 97% virus. of the population carries it. But a lot
0: it. of it's just dormant and right. there's not an active infection. Right, and the problem is, is that there's triggers that can actually set off an active infection. There's a lot of different things that um, experts believe can set it off. Stress being one of them, a stressful mm-hmm. event. Um, it can be other factors with other parts of your body, because uh, with a virus, I mean it. It attacks every. It can attack everything. It goes after a bunch of different organs and systems within your body once it activates, and and I believe that you know you went through some very stressful times and you know family issues and things like that and i think stress maybe reactivated it and i think so too if if it's left
1: i can blame my parents for their divorce
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it Just it was a really rough time and it so was. i think i think that's what kind of set it off and mm-hmm. and then the more you know obviously when you start feeling this way you you your first instinct is to go to the doctor and ask the doctor what's going on and We'd go to the doctor and the doctor would be like, I don't know, you know, you're just stressed out or something and, you know, lower your stress, meditate, stretch, things like that. And you're like, no, I've got all this, these physical symptoms.
1: I know so many people experience that too. Doctors telling you it's just stress, which is, it's the most offensive thing truly to tell a patient that like, you don't think I'm fucking stressed out because I'm sick and I can barely function and get through my days. And I feel like I'm 90 years old when I'm in my 20s.
0: Well, you Obviously gotta, you gotta think too. That would you rather have them say, "I don't know what the fuck's going on with you," or would you rather them say something? And I I'd think, rather
1: them say, "I don't know." Just admit you well, don't know. I, I, versus being like, don't "It might that. be in your head, bro." <laughs>
0: doctors never do that. I've never seen a doctor be like, "Yeah, I don't know."
1: Well, some do. The good ones do. The good ones admit when they don't know and it's out of their hands, and you know, try to or help get someone else. we out of their expertise because, I mean, right?
0: You know, you go to your primary care physician, and they're, you know, an internal practitioner depending what their specialty is but they don't know every in and out of the you know the body and every system and Mm -hmm. like we thought it was your endocrine system and you know because your mom had similar issues we'd go see the top endocrine uh specialist in the whole state yeah and we do testing and everything and everything would come back basically regular and you know Mm it wasn't pointing to any issues you did got tested for which Which I'll give it to arthritis. Him. he
1: actually would say, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I yeah. just
1: can't. But he would never put it on me and blame me for like making right, this right. up. Like some doctors would make me feel like I was insane. Like I was just creating all of this in my head. And then you start to think maybe they're right. Maybe I'm just dramatic. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm imagining these things. Am I really feeling this pain or am I bringing this on myself somehow? And that leaves you in a dark place. That's when I started getting like
0: Well yeah, when doctors are saying they can't find anything wrong with you, yeah. You start thinking it's maybe in my head. Yeah. Because they're not finding anything on these tests. But the problem was is that nobody knew what they were looking for. Yeah. And not once. And it's crazy that this doesn't even get asked when you (laughs) when you actually see most doctors. If you've ever had mono before, that's not even a question that's asked. And when you start going down the the mono route, you start seeing that this is a huge, huge issue that just doesn't have a lot of research, doesn't have a lot of um, knowledge around because it's a virus and viruses are very difficult to, I mean, they're, there's not a lot you can do to treat them for one and and two, it's just they're, you know, you can't it's like this invisible thing within your body. It's it's very hard to measure, it's very hard to sort of track and and see visibly like visibly see it in your body and mm-hmm. that's what's so hard about it I think and just there's a lot of people that don't understand how viruses work and and so I started just doing a bunch of research on it and I finally figured out that mononucleosis can reactivate and cause an active infection which can then attack your adrenal system, your you know all these different parts of your body, thyroid thyroid and can create all these issues and they you know it's all connected is what we basically figured out. It's all mm-hmm. connected and mm-hmm. I figured out there's this blood test you can take. Um, I forget what it's called exactly, but it measures the antibodies and things like that to see um, if there is an active infection going on in your body. And so we just ordered up the the lab test and you went and took it and sure enough, it was just like off the charts. It was like, it was in a range where it indicates that there's an active infection in the body. So basically your body was battling this viral infection Mm -hmm. and for for years too and it was just wreaking havoc on your body so we started figuring out what treatments there are for it and there's really not a whole lot but the one thing that there was was ozone therapy yeah and so we found a we found a clinic here in the denver area that does infusions is an amazing place um yeah and you went there and you started getting ozone infusions and yeah not only
1: that i also did vitamin (laughs) tree vitamin tree Vitamin C treatments and some other uh, vitamin infusions. High, high doses. Yep, And the ozone is actually a disinfectant, which is interesting. They use it to disinfect um, and sterilize surgical tools. Um, So, yeah, it's like dialysis. Basically, they take out a small amount of your blood, run it through this machine. With ozone, it cleans it. And you can see it change colors. Um, I would literally watch it change colors right in front of me and then they'd put it back in and
0: how many how many treatments did you do i think
1: like six to eight yeah something like that and then i also did ketamine treatments at this time because my mental health was so bad after just the experience of you know being sick for a few years and being told that nothing was wrong with me which finding out that something was was the most i mean that helped my mental health in itself just like knowing that i wasn't insane um and yeah, that, that worked incredibly well.
0: Yeah, your levels went down and then the symptoms started going away. And now, yep. you know, we're a few years removed from that. And yep. I would say you're I'm basically still, yeah. back to normal.
1: Yeah, I still like, get some occasional pain and fatigue, but it's never as bad as it, it was back then. I mean, I was barely functioning. I can't believe I was doing what I was doing.
0: Yeah, back it's then. it was debilitating like, now. Yeah,
1: it was horrible. Um, so I might do some follow-up treatments. I, I kind of want to do ketamine again, which... I highly recommend just from my own experience, um, when it comes to ketamine as a mental health and pain treatment. It can also treat pain. Seriously, the best thing I ever did. I wish it was more accessible for everyone.
0: Yeah, but the thing just to put it out there for those that may be wondering is that this so we had to go to a private practice for this. Yep. So they don't it sucks. No you insurance. Can't, you can't get this covered by insurance, unfortunately, because they no. it's deemed like an experimental type of type it's of bullshit. thing. So it really is. Um we did have to pay out of pocket for it, and it yeah. was pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for the, I think that's the most difficult thing is like to get some of these alternative uh, medications and things like that that insurance mm-hmm. doesn't recognize as legitimate or whatever. You got to go pay out of pocket for it, and you know we're we are lucky that we had the means to do that. But obviously, not everybody can do that, and that's the tough part is knowing that there's people out there who have chronic illness, who have chronic pain, and they don't have the ability to go. Do these treatments because of mm-hmm. how expensive they are and yeah, because they're not sucks. FDA approved and this yeah. and that and America's and a joke when it comes to healthcare. It's clearly helping and, and mm-hmm. doing a lot of good. But yeah. Sometimes you gotta take matters into your own hands and do your own research because mm-hmm. sometimes your doctors aren't gonna figure it out, unfortunately. And you gotta figure it out yourself. And luckily the internet's out there and you can find information on anything. Mm-hmm. If you dig enough and read enough, you can
1: Being an advocate for your own health is so, so valuable.
0: Yeah, and finding other people out there who are struggling with the same things is super Mm -hmm. helpful because a lot of times, like I ended up finding a woman that wrote a book about her experience with EBV, reactivated EBV, and she was the one who actually suggested the the ozone therapy. What was her name? Uh, Uh, I don't remember. Dang, I forget
1: too. I think it's Kish or something like that. Yeah, I forget who it
0: is. but, But yeah, so just some words of advice for those that, out there that might be struggling with health things it's mm-hmm. like don't give up keep searching keep researching and it all it takes is just finding the right person to potentially help oh them. yeah
1: Cassia kines was that it was that her i know we had uh, her, book. i don't know if she was the one that recommended no ozone, that's
0: a good book on evv she's just done a lot of research on it uh, the medical medium is also another another good one. Yeah, I
1: don't even think we said it was Epstein-Barr virus is what it actually is. When Mono reactivates, it's called Epstein-Barr virus or EBV. The
0: hidden undiagnosed epidemic.
1: I know. It's, so many people real. are suffering from it and have no idea it's, it's sick. Real. Anyway, let's move on. What else we got here? You've
2: been on the internet and making content for many years now, and you've seen how the content creator space has evolved and changed do you think youtube is moving forward in a good direction when it comes to its creators or do you think there's any changes that should be made to the platform
1: i think there's always room for additional changes however i think there has been major improvements in the last couple of years when it comes to youtube and creator support i don't know how that is for smaller creators i think right now they give the best support to larger channels which kind of sucks it's better than it was yeah i mean for years i didn't even have a contact at you there's <laughs> at least a
0: as long as you're a youtube partner which most channels that have you know a few thousand subscribers or more have our a, a partner status you can get support through their chat and things like that which that was not a thing back in the day like you were just you're on your own so i think it's definitely getting better and i think you know if you remember a few years back even on our show we were heavily impacted by a lot of the the clampdowns that youtube did with content and oh yeah um certain types of content and so
1: for a while there it was feeling like it was going to be impossible to ever even do (laughs) true crime content right right
0: everything was getting demonetized and they were kind of freaking out because youtube had a bunch of hateful stuff on its platform and you know content that was being advertised on and and so yeah i think they've really cleaned their act up together but I think there's always room for improvement. I think
1: mm-hmm.
0: a lot of times our content has to go through a review process, which is kind of a pain in the ass where, you know, you can rate your content and mm-hmm. sometimes, it, you know, we rate it a certain way, but then the, the algorithm or AI deems it, you know, not monetized or, you know, not advertiser friendly. And so we have to review it and things like that. So that could be better. But overall, I think it's gotten a lot better since we started.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've just kind of learned how to make things uh, further in advance, too, so we have time to get it through the system. Um, anyway, all right, we're going to get into some more questions. But before we do, we want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, HelloFresh.
0: Tis the season for saving money wherever you can. HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% less expensive than takeout. So you can use those savings for holiday gifts or to treat yourself We've been uh, working with HelloFresh for quite a long time. Mm
1: -hmm. And customers for quite a long time.
0: But I really like that over the years, they've added a lot of different features, like being able to uh, swap proteins out, add things to your boxes. Mm -hmm. Um, They also have like a HelloFresh market where you can get like snacks and the recipes are always changing. And I think the coolest thing about HelloFresh is it actually helps you learn how to cook. Like if you're somebody out there who who doesn't have any experience cooking, it's a great place to start because it does Mm -hmm. kind of walk you through how to do different things and the recipe cards are really simple and you can end up making some really cool um meals on there i remember making a ramen uh like a katsu ramen uh, meal once on there and i just remember feeling like so accomplished after <laughs> i did it because it was like <laughs> i had never i had never made something like that before yeah. and just like being able to obviously you're kind of putting ingredients together because it's all pre-portioned and everything which is really nice mm-hmm. but when you're done you actually do feel kind of like oh I'm kind of a chef now and you know, totally. I made this delicious meal that I would have never been able to make without health Fresh.
1: What I love about it is that you can cut back on food waste because that drives me insane when you get a bunch of ingredients to make something and then you use like a tiny bit of something and then you have to throw a bunch out or like try to use it in another recipe in the next few days before it goes bad. You just don't even have to worry about that. Or if you, did, fresh, or you just make nice.
0: too many portions for... How many people you have? I do that quite a bit.
1: And right now, HelloFresh is offering you guys 21 free meals plus free shipping. Now, that is a deal. You can go to HelloFresh.com slash MileHire21 and use the code MileHire21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash MileHire21. Use code MileHire21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping.
0: It's no wonder HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit.
1: That is right. All right. What else we got here?
2: All right. If there is a parallel universe, what do you think your parallel selves are like? And what's their life like?
1: Mm.
0: Well, there is a parallel universe. There's infinite numbers of universes. How do you know that
1: for sure, though?
0: Well, we know that there's a black hole in the center of our galaxy, for one. And within the black hole, there's another universe. So if you think about that, you think about how expansive the universe is, how many black holes exist out there. So you got to think that there's likely infinite number of universes. So the likelihood of there being another universe that we exist in that runs simultaneously with this one is extremely high based on the evidence that we have, the research we've done on the universe itself, these black holes. And so absolutely, I think there's another version of me running. Sometimes I think about that. I'm like, What is that other version of myself (laughs) doing in this other parallel universe? Yeah. And is it possible that sometimes, you know, dreams allow us to get glimpses into that parallel universe or the infinite number of parallel universes, if you think about it, because obviously things are likely going to be similar in a lot of ways, might be different, but have you ever thought about like what you would be doing like you can almost go back to like the butterfly effect. right? Yeah, I was going to say, butterfly. it kind effect. of is a good way to explain a, a parallel universe. Like if this, didn't this didn't happen or I had made a different decision at this point in my life, mm-hmm. where would I be right now? Right. And so you got to think that in a different universe, you likely would have made a different decision and gone a different way. So you'd probably be in a different place than you are now, or you might have made similar decisions and your life is playing out similarly to, how it is in this universe but just
1: slight differences slight differences yeah well if there is a parallel universe what do you hope your parallel self is doing
0: i hope i'm living out my dream in the alaskan wilderness (laughs) hanging out with the grizzly bears and just living the mountain man life you'd rather
1: be in alaska than like yellowstone montana We've been watching Yellowstone. Yeah, I mean, we keep talking about how we wish. I always wanted to be in Alaska.
0: That was like my my dream as a kid was to to live in Alaska. Yeah, you did always like that and live that life. And I think I would be living that life had okay. had I gone a different path. Had I not met you had i had I gone a completely dif- down a different road. Mm-hmm. I always thought I'd be like an Alaskan state trooper, living up in in the Alaskan wilderness, mm-hmm. riding snowmobiles around. That that was kind of what I envisioned. So, mm. yeah. what about you?
1: I don't know. I haven't really thought much about this, honestly. I'd probably maybe be a teacher because, you know, the one big pivotal thing in my life has been choosing to do YouTube and, you know, getting out of the elementary education degree that I was pursuing at the time and getting into media, which was never something I really had expected. So I probably would have ended up being a teacher if I didn't do that. Mm. And things could look very different.
0: Yeah, it would be very different.
1: Hmm. So weird it's weird to think about
0: yeah it's interesting, interesting to think that there could be infinite copies of yourself I know all running simultaneously alongside and that perhaps you know when consciousness ends in this particular universe that you pick up in another one and then another one hmm. and then another one and you just continue I know, a but lot without thing. recollection of this life you know what I mean like yeah. you don't always necessarily remember the past life when you're born into another one Right. So maybe that's how it works.
1: I like to think there's a parallel universe out there where Bernie Sanders won in 2016 (laughs) (laughs) and things would be a lot better. In my opinion, maybe there'll be people that disagree. Maybe, maybe
0: not. I don't know. I don't know. I think it would be. I mean, what if if World War Two ended differently? I mean, there's a lot of a lot of events Mm -hmm. that could have played out differently.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. That's a weird one to think about. What was that show that kind of had that Alternate uh, I think reality. it's called the Man in the High
0: Castle or something yeah. like that. Yep, it's on Amazon, definitely. Amazon mm-hmm. Prime. Yeah, it was like kind of what the
1: world would have been like if we lost World War II. Yeah. yeah, Weird things to think about.
2: How often do you mess up and do you have blooper reels?
1: <laughs> we honestly should. <laughs> we don't collect our bloopers. No. They go in the trash.
0: Never <laughs> or, to be seen. Sorry, or do w-
1: they? Oh, are you saving some up? I'm you not and Corelli? I'm
2: not editing, so I don't know. Mm.
0: There's just a vault of all the shit that Black we save between
1: blackmail just kidding oh no no, oh, no. we're we don't gonna really be exposed have but okay. yes we do re- that'd be funny a lot. we should well, start saving our bloopers maybe for the next
0: year but a lot of it's like
1: a
2: lot of it's not
0: yeah. a lot of it's not <laughs> it's just like it'd be like yeah. who the hell are you guys like
2: people ask that someone else asked was they were like has there ever been a time where you got into an argument during recording and had to cut it out oh yeah
1: oh yeah <laughs> we definitely have honestly not really in the past like year or so but In the earlier days, for sure, (laughs) we definitely sometimes sometimes... recording would take,
0: or we'd just like derail and have to stop and be like, okay, try this again tomorrow. Oh man,
1: yeah, we had. I mean, it's like hard to get a dynamic down as a couple. I just want to say
0: for all those out there that think this shit is easy, like you are so wrong. Like this is hard. (laughs) Yeah, it it can be hard. It's one thing to do a a show by yourself and Mm -hmm. have total control over it, but it's another thing to. Have multiple people, multiple personalities,
1: especially when you're married.
0: <laughs> yeah, and just podcasting with your spouse too. I mean, that's that can be difficult as well. Obviously, we like kind of put on our our. I don't know. We play nice most of the time. Yeah, on it's here. all an act. We
1: actually hate each yeah. other.
0: <laughs> yeah, behind the scenes, we're just brutal <laughs> to each other. But no, I mean, this is how we are normally most of the time. Yeah. But yeah there's been times where we've gone at it on on shows, and we were like, or like eh.
1: disagreed or disagreed outside of recordings too, or just while we're discussing things um but overall i'd say for us in my opinion being married to my co-host has been an advantage and i find it easier to record with you because we have such a good relationship oh thank you yeah i I think it'd be hard to do it with someone that i didn't have a long history with like same with janelle on the sesh you know we've we've been best friends like our whole lives so Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i think it just depends on the show too and what what you're actually doing because sometimes there's an advantage to having somebody who's you don't know very well and you know you're able to kind of conversate with and have different viewpoints
1: pick their brains a little more like oftentimes i know what you're going to say before you say it because i just know you so well we've talked about everything there is to talk about so yeah i see what you're saying there
0: too yeah it just depends but Mm
2: -hmm. um how easy was it for josh and members of your family slash friends that work with you to be like fuck it i'll leave my existing job and work for your company
1: (laughs) i don't know that's a question for them Josh, That's a question for you. How uh, easy was it for you, Janelle?
2: Uh, it was easy in a lot of ways, but also a little bit challenging. I don't know. I feel like most people don't know this, but I started working for Kendall when I was in grad school um, for mental health counseling. I was getting my master's. And so, obviously, that's quite a bit different than doing media. Um, Big and difference. so I was just doing it really to make extra money, to be honest. Um, and then... Things really started to take off, and as I got closer to graduating, I was like, really had this pull. Kendall was like, "What are you gonna do?" <laughs> She's like, are "You gonna stay here? Are you gonna go? You know, work in counseling? Like, what are you gonna do?" And so, um, that was kind of hard because I felt like I had worked all this way, and I didn't want to feel like I had, you know, done it for nothing and like disappoint people or, you know, take a risk um, that wouldn't play out in my favor, but. I figured what the hell. This is a really cool opportunity. I'm never going to get something like this again. So I did it. And yeah, no regrets, but it was a little scary at first, I guess. Yeah.
1: It was, it was, it was a bit of
0: a bumpy ride for a while um <laughs> from the jump. I think I think my my thoughts were that I could always go back to what I was doing before this. Mm-hmm. Cuz I was in I was in technology and and IT before I, I started working for for Kendall, um, I was her first hire, and <laughs> yeah, I and guess so. um, I was very apprehensive at first because just like Janelle just said, I had spent all this time and money and effort to get a degree and all these certifications, and I was I was actually pretty high up the ladder in that world, and you know I had a bright future going that direction. But at the same time, I was I was jumping jobs and different companies and I just felt like I wasn't I wasn't getting what I felt like I deserved from from these companies and I would realized that in many companies you're just a number nobody cares about you like on a personal level and you know they don't really have you know they don't really have your back at the end of the day I had a couple different managers and bosses and things like that who tried to be buddy buddy with me and then would turn around and just kind of Excellent. screw me over yeah. after I just put in all this work and effort so I kind of was at a point where I was like this sucks and I and I've always had this I always knew that it was a dream to kind of have my own business and and to be my own boss and I've kind of have this entrepreneur um, spirit I guess in a way and so when she was like this is kind of turning into you know my channel's really taken off and you know, we were talking about starting a podcast potentially together. And I just was like, oh, you know, let me start diving into this world. And, you know, for a long time, I could care less about YouTube. I would just kind of like honestly make fun of her for spending so make much time on you. Not me. make fun of you. But I just was like, this is stupid. It's silly. But you like, kept what are that in your doing? head. You were yeah, very supportive. No, I to did. Me, I was very face. supportive <laughs> to your face. But behind the scenes, <laughs> I was like, nice. I'm busting my ass in, in the corporate world. And why aren't you? in my head a lot of times and you were just kind of doing this creative stuff and i was like oh that's cool it's fun it's a hobby but like yeah get a real job right Yeah. And, <laughs> and so once i di- once i started diving into this world and realizing that this this world of entertainment podcasts youtube and all this is a whole industry it's a new industry and i started diving into it and realizing all the business opportunities that can that can happen as a result of of creating a channel and creating content and, and how so, much fun it is and how much fun it is to talk about what you're interested in for a living like that's yeah. that's what's so cool about this is that we get to come come on here every so week so grateful for and that. and talk about things that really matter to us that we're really interested in that we're passionate about and and you know and educate at the same time which is which is fun and do this week in week out yep And And
1: make some real life impact on people's lives as well, which has been so rewarding. Yeah, something I never really, you know, imagined we could do in the early days.
0: Yeah. Which makes us so much more fulfilling than just, you know, collecting, you know, a check or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's become so much more than that to us. And now we have, you know, we have a mission, eight employees and we have an office and, you know, we're. You know we're really trying to build something here and you know build something even outside of of youtube and i think that's what's so cool about it is youtube and this whole age of of online content creation has really created this new new way for pe anybody and that's what's co- so cool about it is anybody can start a podcast now anybody mm-hmm. can start a youtube channel and is it hard yes does it take a take a lot of effort and time to to build it up absolutely but anybody can do it and everybody has access to to these things and i think that's what's so cool about it is it's it's available for everybody and you know it's it allows you to be an entrepreneur which if that's something that interests you then this is a great great way to go about it Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right we're gonna end off with a fun one have you tried shrooms if not would you consider it
1: hell yeah we've tried shrooms (laughs) shrooms Shrooms. shrooms. We done. Shrooms. We,
0: we just talked about this, <laughs> didn't we? Not too long ago yeah, on a say. previous episode, I think.
1: Yeah, we have many times, many times back in our glory days. Those <laughs> days are over now.
0: It's not. It's never over. <laughs> Would you well, recommend? Over for now.
1: Would oh yeah. Well, depends on your situation. Depends sure. on your own. Yeah, so Everyone's chemistry is different here. May not be a great experience for everybody. Great experience for me. Life changing. All psychedelics, even ketamine that I was talking about earlier in a medical setting um, has just been so healing for me and expanding my mind and giving me answers about things. I'll never forget the first time I did shrooms. What year was that? Like 2017, 2016, yes, something like that? Yeah, probably. Yeah. And yeah, we were, we're, we were somewhere in the mountains.
0: Yeah. We were just in like a cabin or something.
1: I had so many epiphanies about my life. And about, you know, my parents' divorce and the fact that my grandparents were, like, nearing the end of their lives. And I, like, kind of weirdly came to peace with that. And then had all these, yeah like I said, epiphanies about what I want to do in the creative space online. And um, had all these goals and, like, these visions of things I wanted to create and do. And a lot of it has actually panned out. So it's been such a useful tool for me. And... I miss, I miss it. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been about eh, like a year and a half since we've yeah, done any of yeah. that.
0: I was just gonna say though that you brought, you know, you're saying that these epiphanies that you had, and I, I think for those that haven't haven't tried um, psilocybin mushrooms, that you know the things that you see in media and movies and things like that, it's you know a lot of times it's like people tripping out and having all these crazy visuals and stuff like that. Which you can absolutely have on on mushrooms, depending on your dosage. But I just want to also state that, like, it's that's one aspect of it, um, and depending on your dosage, you know, that's going to be amplified, you know, a lot higher depending on how much you take. But on lower doses, you're not going to get as much of the visuals, but you're going to still get a lot of the introspection. And I think that's the thing mm-hmm. about what psilocybin really does is it really forces you to take a look at yourself and take a look at the things that um that rise to the surface right and sometimes it's deep deep things that um, you may have pushed down in a way that end up coming up and you start you know you start kind of working through those things and a lot of times especially on your first time there can be this outpouring of emotion i remember with you like you were just oh yeah you know you were all this emotion was coming out and you're just like yeah, it's overwhelming because you're just like oh my god like obviously you know there's brain chemicals that you know serotonin and things like that or and dopamine are are going through the roof and things like that so there's euphoria and things like that but there's also this this sense of of relief that you can get from it of like i've been dealing with this for so long and this is why they're doing studies on uh, psilocybin therapy for depression ptsd all these different things which is very promising and just here in Colorado the this past month they decriminalized uh psilocybin mushrooms and they're going to start uh allowing like health centers offices things like that to administer um psilocybin yeah. therapy which is really it seems cool seems like
1: it's only becoming more and more accessible for people yeah it definitely was the that first time a huge outpouring of emotion i remember sitting next to this creek just staring at it crying and i remember thinking like, wow, without this experience, I never would have understood what feeling free was like. And to feel like I had no anxiety in that moment and realizing what a prisoner I am to my anxiety all the time without it made me cry. So I was just like, wow,
0: this is, an absolute I'm free right now. And I wish I could,
1: it was like a crying over why can't I feel this way all the time?
0: Yeah, that's always the hard part. The yeah. hard part is when you come off and you're you start.
1: Or like the few days after sometimes you, yeah, you feel s- kinda like
0: feel a little low and damn, things like that. But the
1: real world sucks.
0: <laughs> I think I think my favorite thing about mushrooms is the connection to the earth that I feel and the mm-hmm. oneness with everything that just overwhelms you. Yes. I can't even describe it. It's it's unlike anything you can experience with any any other substance or medication it's just it's through psychedelics is the only way that you can feel this yeah i believe in your appreciation
1: for nature and the planet that you're on you feel so grounded the circle
0: of life yeah i mean and and i think it's a for me it's it's been a i used to have this overwhelming fear of death growing up and especially the the version of death that i was taught from a young age was very very scary and you know you have to live your life scared because if you fuck up you're you know, you're going to hell and you're going to burn for eternity and, you know, all these different things and be tortured and just, I'd have all these nightmares and be tormented by these demons. And, and I think when I finally kind of left religion and, you know, I wanted to go out and find my own, but way psychedelics and mushrooms really reconnected me with my spiritual side that wasn't attached to any religion that was just attached to spirit And the spirit of the earth, and realizing that we all come from the earth and we all return to it, and realizing that was such, or maybe
1: not the earth, but the universe.
0: Well, you return to the earth too. I mean, when you die, yeah, your physical body, but that's not. Yeah, I'm just saying that your
1: intelligence transferred to somewhere.
0: Yeah, well, your spirit obviously returns to everything, the universe, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it. But having that, it provided that peace of mind, and ever ever since, you know, that day. I have zero fear of death. I do not fear death whatsoever because I know that I'm going to be reconnected Uh, with everything. Jealous. (laughs) It's
1: weird how you've also stopped kind of having night terrors after psychedelics. It seems because they were your night terrors were bad in college. You just wake up screaming and
0: yeah. Well, it was dealing dealing with that. You know, letting go of that whole narrative that I was brainwashed with, basically, and letting it all go and realizing that that's just a made up you know in my opinion it's just all made up and there's no truth to it at all and, and what I'm actually experiencing is truth it is something I'm physic physically feeling and mentally and spiritually feeling that set me free it sounds yeah. I mean it sounds to those that haven't tried it we might be like you guys sound fucking crazy like but, but those who it's, have definitely it is, know yeah, if, if you, you have, know, you know you know you know because this this is not it's magic. I, I think it can
1: probably also the closest thing to magic yeah, on this planet is psychedelics.
0: I think that it could really. I, I hope that people can get a hold of psilocybin, and uh-huh. you know, we can start treating a lot of the mentally ill because be a much better world. Yeah, I think. World, could, yeah, that's I, for think sure. I think it would really, really help Do so solve a lot of solve a lot of problems with humanity, and just mm-hmm. just like
1: people have gone through trauma and PTSD, and just you know.
0: Because you do feel, you also feel this overwhelming sense of love Mm -hmm. and connectedness. Yeah,
1: it's always been super bonding for us every time.
0: You know, it's one of those things that yeah, I actually did, I actually did shrooms on my bachelor party. (laughs) Yeah, you did. That was like the thing I did. Um, And that was a really, really good day and I'm glad I did because one of the things I focused on was, you know, what I'm about to embark on this, you know, this marriage I'm going to enter into and, you know, really thinking about you and you know, making sure you're the right one and you're the one that, you know, the one that I want to be with. And it really helped provide clarity with that and just helped me kind of dig through all the things and remove all the bias and, and look at it from a very like top level view. Mm-hmm. From like almost a soul view of like, this person is is my partner. This is my no. other half of my soul coming together, creating yeah. one. and And I think that was... I left that weekend feeling so good going into our wedding and
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I don't know. There's just so many good uses for it. And obviously depending on, I like to also clarify that it does come down to where you're at your state of mind set and setting are huge. You know, if you haven't tried it before, do it with somebody who's, you know, who can just hang out and watch you and make sure Mm -hmm. you know, you're good. Make sure you're in a safe safe situation. Yeah. Safe situation. Especially your first time. Probably wouldn't recommend doing it at night. That's a that's a bit yeah, of a... I agree. Uh, daytime, good daytime, weather. Daytime, being, being able, able to, to go get outside. outside is huge. Doing it indoors can get a little little nutty after yeah. a while.
1: Yeah, you definitely see a lot more visuals inside, I would say, than outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, fun times. Fun times. But that is going to be it for us today, you guys. We enjoyed chatting. We hope you enjoyed this more casual episode of Mile Higher as well. Let us know your thoughts yeah. on what we talked about today. There also were a lot of um, questions regarding your religious upbringing Josh um, we didn't have time to get into any of those today but maybe we'll do an episode sometime in the future talking about religion from a philosophical point and share more of that because I know we've touched on it so yeah, many times over yeah. the years but people I've are never, very like, curious deep
0: dived into it and like given the full story yeah because yeah I think it's let think, us know if that'd like, be something you'd like to see yeah I think see. there's a lot to be and I think there's a lot of people in similar positions and I think yeah. just like Christians are always saying, you know, give your testimony. I kind of want to give my testimony about my, you know, upbringing in the, in the Christian church and just, you know, my personal experience with it. And, you know, there's, there's good and bad with it. And I think that's, what's important for people to hear is that it's not all bad, but there is a lot of things that I think could, I could have gone without. And so, yeah, I'd be yeah, interested certainly. to to dive into that at some point and really go deep into to all that. And I think it's interesting too to get your perspective, since you did not grow up religious and you know you kind of grew up with a free mind, which is which is cool. Yeah. So yeah, very interesting stuff. But yeah, let us know. Um, but I did want to ask, you know, since it's the holiday season, one thing you could do for us that doesn't cost you any money. Is just make sure you go to Spotify and hit the follow button for the show. That really does help us out. Um, Spotify yeah, is kind of the, the leading podcast platform. So we we try our best to to do well over there because um, it's the largest platform. So yeah, make sure you're following us on Spotify, subscribed on YouTube. We'd really appreciate it. But we will see you guys in a yeah. week from now. Yeah. Well, uh, or two I'm not weeks sure. From now.
1: I think our next upload date after this is January 11th. Yeah, if so I'm not I think mistaken. It's,
0: well, two um, weeks after this goes up so
2: yeah it is yeah January 11th so we'll be taking a week off next mm-hmm. week.
1: and that first episode back is interesting yeah. fucking wild topic I'm really excited to talk about that
0: cool but, but yeah, so, yeah we'll wrap it up there have a
1: safe break everyone thanks for the support this last year we love you all and we will hopefully we'll we all have soon. a better 2023 yeah here's the 2023 <laughs> <laughs> alright guys Um. Uh. What, how do we end this I forget <laughs> keep on all right keep on taking your mind a mile higher